Tours podcast, sharing experiences, providing insight, and looking for solutions to become better hunters. Whether you're chasing bugles over the next ridge, sitting a stand out east, this is about passion, pursuing our dreams of field, our lifestyle, the betterment of self and community, the enlightenment that comes from those moments spent in God's creation. Through these conversations, I hope you find insight, inspiration, education, and motivation to push beyond your limits. What's funny about that is, is that in the demographic, we'll act, the men, I'm saying, most will act like they shun it but then you see the double taps and it's like motherfucker you are on there every single post like yeah it's like come on come on but yeah i i like i said full red-blooded you know man but some of it is just like come on do it do it because this is what you believe in and and i've seen it where you get the and I'm not trying to sound any certain way, right? But you'll get the wholesome kind of look. And then, you know, that following lingers and kind of stays in that 1500, 2600 realm. And then it's like, okay, I want it. And then just boom, you know, it just, <laughs> it, the outfits get smaller and smaller. The shirts get tighter. And you see that following just climb, climb, climb. And it's like, God dang it. I would rather have two followers and cover myself up for years on end and have thousands of millions of followers and be showing my ass. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if that's your, if that's your stick, that's your stick. It's cool. But is there a way to separate the two? I guess was always my point. Right. And, and, yeah. and not to show what's so beautiful about what we do and focus on something else in it. I just, it always, I wouldn't say, well, for a while it did drive me crazy. And I always kind of likened it to how would I want my wife my daughter represented in what we do mm-hmm. right yeah. it, it just yeah. it, it's so hard to it's so hard to take that and and try and reconcile it with the fact that i want to see this i want to see this i want to see this it just it never made sense to me so a buddy of mine is always like whitney if you would just show off once like your follower count's gonna go through the roof i'm like you're gonna be right <laughs> Yeah, well, we, I mean, you listen to guys that have, you know, limited following and they're like, man, if I had tits and a pretty face, it'd be, you know, sky's the limit. And it's like, yeah, it's kind of true. You ain't wrong. Too bad you don't, buddy. I guess nowadays you can, but we won't go there. Yeah. <laughs> you a yeah. All right. So we, we started off on a great note. We got a few minutes of just rambling yeah. about BS yeah. there. I wanted to hit the little red button. So let's start off with. With intros, I'm on with Whitney Tremel. She does the uh, Wild Strength podcast. She's the host and badass of that. So I'll let you run us into a little intro and background, and we'll just see where everything flows from there. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, thanks uh, Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to do this here. You said I do. I'm the host of the Wild Strength podcast. My background is in strength and conditioning. Before we started recording, we are talking about Joel Rather. And so I've worked mostly with military populations in that field. And then I, I coached a little bit at the college level as well. But that kind of is where my passion lies. I recently moved more into an education type setting. So I'm still in strength and conditioning and human performance, but more in an educational capacity in support of service members in the military. And then I kind of tie all that in with my passion for the outdoors and hunting. Um, I've kind of been into the outdoors all of my life. I grew up fishing actually with my grandpa. We I grew up in Texas. We'd go out to the lake. It was actually Lake Whitney. And fun, funny enough, I would always say growing up that 
Lake Whitney was named after me. I was going to ask. And it wasn't until. <laughs> I was going to ask if it was the other way around. <laughs> no, it wasn't until I was like 14 years old, probably, that my mom said that I was named after Lake Whitney. And I was like, man, you let me go all this time. But anyway, we go catch catfish, reel them in. And then that was what we fried up for dinner that night, catfish, catfish and hush puppies. And that was kind of my first intro to the outdoors. And then as I got older and traveled, would go to, I was always drawn to the mountains, would go always to the mountains. That was just my home. I felt at peace there all the time. And then I got into hunting only two years ago now. I've been shooting a bow for about four years, but I wanted to get good at it first before I ever sent an arrow at an animal. I know some people... Don't do that. Don't see the value in that. But as an ethical hunter, I wanted to be good at shooting a bow before I ever shot at an animal. But my my kind of drive to hunt, both my dad and my grandpa were hunters, but they were rifle hunters and they both passed when I was younger. And so I kind of knew what it was like to have the meat or to have the freezer full of meat all the time. And that was what we ate. And, and funny enough, my mom would lie to me and tell me that it wasn't deer because as a kid, you weren't getting me to eat anything that wasn't chicken. <laughs> but as I got older, she would t- she would tell me what it was. And like, yeah, that, that was what I knew. And even after they had passed, we still had the freezer full enough to continue to eat it for quite a while thereafter. And I think really, and maybe this is why a lot of people got into hunting recently. Once COVID hit, uh, you kind of realize like there might come a time where I can't get food at the grocery store anymore. <laughs> that and, That's a pretty, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but that's a pretty interesting perspective, right? And and one of the things I wanted to talk about was kind of that filling that generational gap, right? And and yeah. it's it's a pretty interesting thing to see COVID take that off. But then, you know, you have this COVID peak and then this immediate decline in number, right? So we'll we'll kind of just jump into that, give you some food for thought as you as you get us through the rest of the intro there, but yeah, very, very interesting in terms of how people got in and that kind of that generational miss, in my opinion, with your generation. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, so I had been interested in it for a while and being a woman, it was kind of always just scared to take that step. And with I, my career has always been a male dominated field. I've worked with military, so I've always worked around men. And so I think just the more and more comfortable I got around men, I was like, fuck it, it's time to go. <laughs> like I've been wanting to do this for a while now. It's been on my mind and I want to get into it. And so I spent my first few times hunting with men I had never met before. And I had had friends who were concerned for my life. <laughs> like <laughs> you could get killed. You don't know what these men are going to do to you. But but that's what I had to do, right? Like I I couldn't I didn't know Grant. I could watch every YouTube video. I could read every book, but that wasn't going to be enough to teach me. I was going to have to get out there and learn. And I'm big on having mentors. I have mentors in my career. And so for something that I wanted to get into, I wanted to find mentors in that as well. I mean, like I said, I I knew Joel for a while, but at the time I was in Texas and Joel was in Colorado. Um, So I would just find people out there who were willing to kind of take me under their wing and teach me the ways and it's been nonstop ever since. I'm a very, what's the word I'm looking for? Like I have addictive per- an addictive personality. I think so every I'm, hunter in the world. <laughs> yep, yep. But once I like caught on to this, I haven't stopped. Like there's not a day that goes by that I don't shoot my bow. There's not a day that goes by that I'm not trying to learn to try to pick something up. I'm like I dove head first and I don't see myself coming out anytime soon. Heck yeah. So what... What do you think, what's that barrier of entry, right? You brought that up and you said as a woman, but 
at least in my experience, most people want to pay this forward, right? They see the value in what we do. And then I think there's a point now, and I hate saying that, right? Because it makes me feel and sound old. But nowadays, <laughs> there's so much value in in paying that forward, right? And keeping this going and those traditions, because everything, it sounds cliche, but everything is at a threat in the opposition all the time. Sure. <clears throat> so what was that? that kind of barrier of entry for you? Like what was that biggest one as, as a woman trying to get in and then just kind of taking that big leap and trusting, you know, who was taking you into the woods? Yeah. I think, like I said, I have an addictive personality and like when I want to do something, I'm fucking doing it. <laughs> like I, I'm, I'm fine in a way. And so just enough time had gone by where I was like, you know what, I, I got to do what it takes. And what it took was being around men that I had never met before being around men right. who would take me out would teach me but i have met other women who will straight up say like they're just maybe they're not comfortable around men like maybe they haven't had good experiences around men or maybe like they're married or have a partner and like that person doesn't hunt but they're interested in hunting for the conservation aspect of it and they kind of hear about that and and so i know that that can be hard when it's also like maybe not something that the person you're with wants to do that can bring it bring an extra challenge but i think for most of the women they're afraid to just go out with men. And I get it. Right. <laughs> like, I get it. I, like I said, I had friends who were concerned for my life, <laughs> but, but at the end of the day, I knew that's what I had to do. And so I, I was doing it and I have no regrets. Like, thankfully I'm still alive. I didn't get murdered. <laughs> <laughs> Stay strapped and, or get yeah. clapped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, but it's, I mean, that, that also, yeah, it's, it, there is some risk in that, right? But it says a lot about our demographic and the people we are. And that's one of the things that makes me proud to be a hunter is the people, generally speaking, right? Yes, there are some piss poor folks and everything you do. But generally speaking, the people that pursue what we pursue, the way we pursue it, are doing things the right way and they are the right kind of person, right? So yeah, would I be a little bit reluctant if if my daughter was like, yeah, I'm just going with this dude or my wife was, yeah, hell yeah, if it was my wife. Um, <laughs> there's a different level. But yeah, there's there's definitely something there that, that's, at least in my head, speaks volumes to what we do and, and yeah. how we want to play it forward. And I say the same thing all the time. Like, and it's easy for me to tell, like, outside of hunting, when I'm around a person, not even just a man, like, if they're going to be a good or a bad person right off the bat, I, I'm usually pretty good at picking up on that. But I've not met a single person who who pursues hunting, like you said, in the way in which we do. Like, if they're if they're not in it just for the fucking grip and grins right. all the time, genuinely in it, I've not met a bad person male or female. And I love that about this community. Yeah. There's such incredible people that I've come across that will be part of my life forever now, right? Like whether we stay super close friends or maybe we just keep in touch every now and then, but I've met the best people who are, who are hunters and, and I love that. Yeah. You, that, that shared commitment and passion for what we do. I mean, there. Well, okay. So people that listen to the podcast know that like, you know, I always say I was an introvert before my podcast, like not, okay. not being in this realm or exposed to the demographic. I was always by myself. It was like, I didn't have anything common with people that weren't hunters. Like I couldn't associate. I, there was, there was something that was missing from them that mm. there was just no attraction. You know what I mean? To, to talk to you or be around your fucking anything. <laughs> right. So 
So as I, as I exposed myself via the podcast, it just opened up this whole new freaking world. And it's just like you said, it's amazing. Like when, when I met you guys, met you in particular, when, when you and Mike walked up at, at ISC, you can have just this immediate conversation. Like what up sis? Like, you know, it just, the connection is just there. It's just there. And, and nothing above or below hunting matters. Right. Like for me, it's like, oh, you partake. Oh, and, and you know him and you partake this way. Like, oh, we're, we're, we're dabbing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's so easy to do it. And and it just spans, like I said earlier, right? Like, like the generation gaps and it doesn't matter. You can be 73 years old or you could be 16 years old. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and really, really have this connection. There's, there's nothing else, nothing else. Yeah. I've met such great people and no matter the age, right? Like I got friends who were, yeah, in their sixties, like the first man I ever went out hunting with it and, and, I kind of want to like dedicate a second to him. I'd call him my grandpa now. Like I said, my one of my grandpas I never met. And then the other one passed when I was really young. Then I go out with this guy. He's got to be like late 60s and, and just kind of took me under his wing and, and taught me so much about just a bit like whitetail hunting in Texas. I know that's different than, than so many other types of hunting. And, and recently, I was supposed to actually go back out there with him this past season when he was really sick and passed. So like great guy. And I like in a short amount of time and I got to know, like I would go when I got, I had a bear tag when I got to Colorado and he called me his little huntress <laughs> and he was like, Oh, I can't wait to see pictures of my little huntress out there. And like, you're pursuing your dreams. And it's so cool to That's see. Awesome. And, like what a great freaking guy. And I would call him up anytime. And we, like I said, he's like late sixties or something like that. <laughs> like, <laughs> some people might think that's a little weird, but what a great, great I, I, connection. But I think it's just, again, it's, it's, what we do and the commonality that bonds us and it, it it doesn't it doesn't know race religion you know man woman i don't do all the other you know stuff I, but. No, for sure. <laughs> you know what i think and i think that you would agree to this because we had kind of talked about this uh like this we, when i was talking about going solo hunting and stuff like that is you know i think I brought up that addictive personality. I think a lot of us do have that addictive personality and you hone in and you just go, mm. go until you can more a lot of the times, but also the, the hard work, the effort that goes in into before you ever get into the season, yeah. right? There's so much time and effort that you got to put into packing out an elk, right? There's a lot of time and effort that, and some people don't put in that effort and they're still successful and good on them. And honestly, I actually had a conversation with a friend today. I was like, you know, I'm so bad at feeling like people have to go through what I go through to be successful, right? Like, I think that's maybe where like you and I can kind of relate because we're maybe like hard asses. And just well, but there's, like- it's, it's the value, the value set in the skill sets, right? Yes. I mean, that's really what it amounts to. It's like, look, I appreciate the road hunter as much as I appreciate the backcountry hunter, right? We're all out there doing the same thing, sure. so to speak. But when it comes to the skill sets and what we know it takes, and when you told me at ISC and you looked at me and, and talked about your, your first time stepping out solo, I was like, oh, I got to talk to her on the podcast. Cause there's so much, there's so much value in just that. And we're not going to go there yet, but there's so much value in that. Hey, Sorry, I got the pups in here with me. Oh, good. 
Um, yeah, I don't, I I'll tangent, sorry, but there's so much value in, in all of that. And when you look at the skill set, and like you said, that preparation and understanding what it takes to get there, that's, that's the part, that's the connection in my head, you know? And, yeah. and again, not to lessen what someone else is doing road hunting or whatever, you know, hunting off mm-hmm. the big wheel or however you look at it. For sure. Well, and that's, and what I realized too, is like, not just in hunting, like that's how I am in all aspects of my life, right? Like I'm putting forth every amount of effort and energy that I can. And in order to be successful. And and like I said, some people, they just open a door and success is there and and good on them. Like, right. Like that's fucking cool. If that's what worked, what happened for you. But like, I appreciate things so much more when I know how to work for it. When I know the time, the work, the effort that was dedicated to that, I have so much more of an appreciation for it. And so, like you said, the road hunters, like, hell yeah, good on you. But to me, I don't feel like I put a lot into that. And don't, I'm not going to say like, I might not ever do that. Like if somebody is like, Hey, we're going to go shoot something over here. I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> nope. I'm gonna go shoot it. You're right. <laughs> but yeah, I think it just, we, especially those who, who do kind of put in the hard work, that's how you are in all aspects of life. It's not just when it comes to hunting. Do you find yourself? So D'Angelo, I don't know if you know D'Angelo, you know, the hunt wallet guys. Okay. So D'Angelo said something to me when we were recording one day or we were just shooting the shit and he goes on the mountain as in life. And it really, and it was like so simple, but it made me think, do you ever find yourself, especially with this, I hate to say back country, but with this mountain hunting, do you find yourself cutting things out of your life that don't offer the same challenge? Every single day. Yeah. And sometimes I hate that because I do like, and I think the more you get it, I, I've kind of always been, had that mindset even before I came out and got into yet the mountain hunting, whatever you want to call it. I've always sought out hard things. I, I like challenging myself. I like seeing what what are my limits? What can I do? And why I like that, I don't know. <laughs> it's just kind of always been a part of who I am. And I think like in everyday life when I come across things that I don't feel, maybe I don't feel like it's worth the challenge or it's not challenging. Not that I'm not going to do it, but it's not going to be first on my list of things right. that I want to And I think that does separate me from some friends that I have too. And I'm not saying that there's anything like, I don't expect everyone to be the same way, but it's also, there's that level of understanding. Like say I could, I'm training for a half marathon right now. And like, I have to hit, my my runs every single week and I'm not going to miss them because that's what's going to lead me to be successful in a marathon. And there's some people who are like, oh, come on, you can miss a run. Or, oh, come on, like you can do this, you can do that, you can drink, you can do this. And I'm like, okay, I can't. I can't. Right. That does not line up with my goals. I can't do that. When I'm done, yeah, I'll go grab a drink with you. I'll stay out. I'll skip a run. But like right now, my mindset is preparing for this. I'm not I'm not swaying from that. Do you, do you find that that it's always the same person that's trying to get you to turn left. (laughs) 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 Will be, but I also, my, my close friends who are in my life right now, they know that about me. So all I got to say, if they're not into hunting, they're not into doing a hard thing. It's like, that's okay. I respect everybody, right? Everybody has their things. But my close friends know that about me. So if I say, hey, I'm training for something or, hey, I got something coming up or, hey, this is going on. They're like, all right, cool. Gotcha. <laughs> Let me know when you can, yeah. or when you want. 
and but we'll the, go. Yeah, there's always that one fucker though. Oh, for sure. There's always <laughs> one. Oh, come on, it's come on one time. Yeah, fuck. That's why I gave up. I, I'm not giving it up, but like in the dating world, I, this makes it hard for me because there's so many men that I meet who I don't feel like have that same mindset. And to me, if you don't have that mindset, man, man or woman, right? Like if you don't have a similar mindset, we don't really. Right, right. At the end of the day, really. <laughs> so, so what do you prioritize? The challenge or the humility that it all offers? Mm. That's a good question. Ooh. I think the humility that it offers, because there's nothing, there's nothing like, like I've never ran a half marathon before, right? And I just said I'm training for one. There is nothing like finishing a run, and it's like maybe the farthest that I've gone so far, and I'm like, I fucking did that, right? <laughs> but like while I'm doing it, man, I, it's so funny. I, I like in my Garmin app, I name all my runs, and and they're all named like this. Like I still hate running, or running still sucks. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. It, but it's like, man, it's so humbling to. I know I'm a woman saying this, and people say I shouldn't, but like to get your dick kicked in, it's so humbling to. Lady me. Dick. <laughs> and I, and I, I those experiences often, right? Um, yeah, for the humility of it. I, it, it is a challenge at the end of the day, but I think with every time you challenge yourself, you learn something yep. from that. Yep. And I think that's what a lot of people are afraid to do. They're afraid of challenges. They're in their comfort zone. They're not afraid to push themselves beyond what they already know they can do. And like, what a boring life that is. Well, and, I, and you know, going back to, I got all excited when you said the humility part of it, right? Because that's one of the things that keeps me going on the mountain is, and it sounds, I don't know, even know how it sounds, but it just, it just makes sense in my world however small that is, but that humility, the light that it turns on for everything else around you is, and just that little, I'm a pissant, like everything, it just, it doesn't matter, right? None of the other BS matters that, yeah, there's nothing in my opinion, there's, you just got an A plus plus in my book with that, uh, with the humility answer. There's just nothing else like it. And I think there's, I don't know if you're a spiritual person or whatever. And like, I haven't considered myself to be on most of my life really until recently. Like there's something, and maybe that is what it is. Maybe it isn't, but there's something when you go out there that, like you said, that is like, man, there's so much out here that what I have going on at home doesn't, what I have going on at work doesn't matter. What what small problems, what seem big when I'm sitting at home on my couch and like, fucking twiddling my thumbs like man this sucks i go out into the woods and i'm getting my shit kicked in it doesn't matter anymore (laughs) no none of that none at all and it's so nice to come away from that right and realize that all that other shit is just that it's just other shit and it in the big picture right that spirituality realm that's really what matters like that is creating oh shit I'm going to catch guff that's creating such a well-rounded being, right? It just, it's so freaking, I I'll start jonesing for September talking like this because that, (laughs) I mean, that's like my reset, right? Every year I go out into the woods and it's like, come hell or high water. This is what I'm doing. And Mm -hmm. I look forward to all that trial, the tribulation that, that, angst of am i gonna get it done okay there's that bull and he just beats my ass and it's like 
why do I ask for that? But then you come off the mountain and you're like, this is exactly why, because everything is so clear when I come off, you know, it just freaking love yeah. it. Yeah. Even like, I, I don't know if it's just as I mature and get older or whatever, but I've become a crier in my recent years. <laughs> there have been a number of times where I've been in the woods and I just, I have tears right in my now. eyes and I'm like, Phew. like this is, this is life. Like yeah. I get to, I have the opportunity to get out here and do this. How freaking incredible is that? just be out here but like that overwhelming feeling yeah. of what you said like it just all comes over me and i start crying i'm like all right i'm having a bitch moment but I, okay i'll just i'll go ahead and say i've done it like i've i walk out the end of a ridge and you're basically looking at the limitless and you just you can't help it like it's that beautiful of an experience where it's like i'm i'm totally fucking fine with it you know, it's like, okay, I'll, I'll boohoo a little bit and be excited about what's, there's not, what's the percentage of people that will actually get to the end of that ridge, stand on that rock and get to revel in that level of creation. No matter where you think that creation stems from or comes from, there is not a lot of people that stood on that fucking rock and experienced exactly what you experienced in that moment. Right. So it's it's justifiable to shed a tear to. And I would, I would venture to say that anybody says that they haven't done that is full of shit or they're just, they are not yeah. present. And that's what it is. I think it's, it's being present and being intentional, right? Like all the work and the effort and all that, that you put into it, like you do it with intent. You're not doing it just for shits and giggles. You're not doing it just for fun. You're, yeah. Like I say, sometimes I like to kick my shit in, but like it's intentional mm -hmm. and I'm doing it for and so when you show up in that moment and you realize that like all the work that you put in for that to just be here. And then I even say like hunting takes me to areas and locations that I would never, never have ever seen. go to. Like, That's right. If I wasn't an animal right now, I would have never showed up here. Yeah. And like that's that in itself is amazing to me. Heck yeah. So all right, I'm gonna we're gonna rewind, right? And and throw throw all that down for a sec. So one of the things, you know, listening to Wild Strength that I thought was really cool, and it and it ties into what we were just talking about. So I want you to talk about the walk-up song and what made you do that, right? Because for me, like I have a connection to music. And and okay. listening to you do that was it was actually I was like, damn, that's a damn good idea because that song puts you in place with that person in that given moment or that span of time. So it, it goes into this whole spiritual thing to a point. Mm -hmm. So talk about that a little bit. Cause I thought it was a cool aspect of the pod. Yeah. So super funny. I, it's funny how like things change over the span of life, big, like music person growing up. And then, you know, I kind of felt like a disconnect from it at, at one point in my life where like, I don't feel like I, relate to this, but I think it was just the kinds of things that like people my age were listening to in like high school and college. I was like, this shit's crazy. I don't like any of this. <laughs> I don't, I don't relate to any of this. I don't want to listen to it. So then I kind of, and also at that point in my life, I was real big on just like learning so much. So I kind of felt like I was wasting time listening to music. If I wasn't listening to a podcast, an audio book, reading a book, whatever. And that becomes exhausting. Like that's, that's not a bad thing, but like, you got to separate yourself sometimes. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, kind of came back to it. It came back around to like, 
finding music that I actually liked. And, and once again, kind of like you said, like a spiritual experience, like when you find that song, it just like resonates with you. Like the number of times I've cried to a song lately, <laughs> I'm like, man, what is happening to me? But because I feel that song and right. I feel it and I'm in it and like it did weight all different types of music, but specifically like, I really like, I say sad country music, but like Texas singer, songwriter, country music, where you can feel the soul coming out of the artist who's singing that and the story that he's telling. And ultimately, like my favorite songs are stories, right? I don't like the stupid music where people are talking about nonsense that never even happened in their life or or anything like that. Like a good song is telling a good story. And I appreciate that. And one of the first questions I always ask people when I meet them, or, or just maybe not right off the bat, but like you get to meet someone and you start figuring out what kind of music they listen to. And like you said, that tells so much about who they are. And sometimes I like to try to guess. <laughs> like, yeah. right, I bet you I can guess what you like. But yeah, kind of multifaceted one. It just, it tells a lot about that person. Like maybe you, you hear their walk-up song and you're like, I'm out of here. This song's trash. <laughs> like, that gives you that opportunity to decide right off the bat, like whether or not you even want to listen to it. And two, yeah, it tells a lot about that person. And like before they even ever give their introduction, I do it. And yeah, you kind of just know. And it's fun for me too. Like I get to learn about people through their songs. Right. Um, and that's, that's been so much fun. It's I pretty really insightful that you did that too. That I was like, that's pretty god dang cool. So what what surprised me is the Drake and Nicki Minaj. <laughs> I was like, there's that's, that's pretty common. That's a trip. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> and and to think of my my background in sport and all of those kinds of things, like I just always what's a walk-up song? Like, what's a good song that you like it? And I, I don't struggle talking to people, but I just feel like if there was ever a moment where like maybe the person on the other side was uncomfortable that like I'm playing their favorite song right now, or I'm playing their walk-up song, their pump-up song. So like, maybe that'll help them get in the mood before we yeah, start. No, I, I thought that was really cool, but it ties into that, that kind of interpersonal or spiritual thing right because a lot i mean you know on the surface right somebody may throw down that drake song just because it sounds cool you know and and that was kind of that was kind of the vibe i got from that one right because he was like oh you know i think that was you said new drake versus old drake definitely old drake right and it was like okay i kind of got that you know oh, that's a cool song vibe but if you really get into it i was it I think it was the twins you were talking to and it was kind of that sad country song deal. And it was like, okay, I could totally see. And as you listen to the episode, it kind of plays itself out a little bit if you pay attention to it. So I was, uh, yeah. I thought that was super freaking cool on there. And I don't know why I made the connection. We were talking about standing on the rock and the spirituality and stuff, but it really tied into me and it actually made me think, right. Cause I was like, if I had to have a walk-up song, what in the would it be you know it's funny i always i'm like man if somebody asked me i'm screwed but i <laughs> a fun fact about me i really like spanish music like pop spanish music i don't even know what they're saying 99 percent of the time <laughs> the way it sounds it makes me want to i don't know i don't even know how to throw my ass but it makes me feel like i want to know how to <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we'll wait we'll we'll see you progress through instagram we'll wait on that one <laughs> <laughs> I'll get followers. <laughs> yeah, there you go. When the followers showed up, I knew you threw it back to a Spanish pop song. <laughs> yeah, for- that yeah, that was pretty cool though. I I really like that element of it and and just how it tied into the guest. Uh, 
want to rep the outdoor life off the mountain? Pack Em Out Apparel, the clothing line that's more than just trophies and filling freezers. At Pack Em Out, they believe in making memories that last a lifetime, whether you're packing out a bull or preparing for a family adventure. A lifestyle brand that understands the importance of family, faith, and friends. Every time we head out, it's about creating cherished memories. At Pack Em Out Apparel, the brand stands for honor, integrity, and a genuine passion for the wild. Check them out at packemout.com. Who what would you say after the like metal, the heavy metal that you like? That doesn't surprise yeah. me. Why? Because my tattoos. That's <laughs> pretty stereotypical. <laughs> I just I, I mean, I I'm pretty eclectic when it yeah. comes to music. Like I, I I can listen to just about everything. The sad country might be pulling a little bit hard <laughs> i can listen but, to just anything but i something about yeah i just and that for me it's just it's a good story right a lot of those songs are good stories and that's mm-hmm. but i'll listen to anything you look on my playlist and you're can't pick one song from the other <laughs> yeah i'm curious to see what you said you were going to put the playlist together for like the walk up. I started to like anytime someone says one, there's like, I think I have 10 or 11 episodes out now. So there's 10 or 11 songs on there and it ranges from Cody Johnson to Drake. <laughs> that, that actually makes some of the best playlist, oh, right? Cause it's not just stagnant. You could just like get your mood flow right through it. So yeah, that, that's super freaking cool. So a tangent again. So talk about, let's talk about the solo hunt, right? Cause that was, that's pretty powerful when, you know, when we're talking about it and you, you know, you go and you get your, for the lack of a better word, your, your hunting education from your mentors, but then to say, okay, I'm going to step out in the Rocky mountains and I'm going to go put boots on the ground by myself. So kind of walk, walk us through that process. That's so empowering for not just women, but anyone that has that kind of fear factor of, of going out and, and doing that solo thing. Yeah. And, and I told you the the first time we were talking about it, once again, I about cried. <laughs> and I think it was a combination of things. It was a combination of fear. It was this overwhelming like feeling that came over me of I'm about to do, it's about to be me, the woods, and these elk. And nothing, I didn't have signal where I was. I couldn't call. And I had a little Garmin inReach that I keep on me. But like, besides that, I couldn't call anybody if something happens. Like, I like to think that I'm pretty prepared if something goes wrong. But you don't know until you know. You don't know until it happens. Right. Um, so yeah, I had been out at that point in September, like a total of maybe 12 or 13 days. Still hadn't filled my tag. And, you know, I had a couple days towards the end of the month that like my work schedule is pretty flexible. I still have time to fill this tag. I'm not just going to sit around and not fill this tag. And I ended up going unfilled, but whatever. (laughs) But I'm like, I'm like I said, I'm going to put every second of effort that I can. And I don't want to leave the end of September thinking I could have tried hard or I could have. And so someone was telling me about a spot that's maybe an hour, hour and a half ish from here. A good friend of mine, one of those like secret spots that I'll never share. I, get that the whole spot sharing thing and he was like you know like, i respect you like i'd love for you to be successful so like you know what here's a spot they might be in there they might not be i haven't been there in three or four years so i don't know what it looks like and i was like well you know what i'm gonna give it a go like i've got the time i'm gonna get out there and when when it comes down to it like you don't always have someone to go with you and i'm not whether that's hunting you want to go on a solo travel trip like i travel solo a lot 
I go shoot my bow alone a lot because like not everybody has the time to go or not everybody wants to dedicate that amount of time, right? So yeah, I go up there, I pull up like it's pitch black outside and I'm sitting there parked and I just about didn't get out of my car that day. I op- I'm like, as soon as I parked, I opened up my door and I closed it so fucking fast. And I was like, it's, it's dark out. It's just me. There's no one near me. Like I'm driving up there and I'm not passing other campsites, nothing like no one's back there. And I kind of had this moment of like, you could turn around. Like all you got to do is turn right back around. And like, I knew when that thought crossed my mind, how upset I would be with myself. I sat there and I gave myself a little pep talk and I was like, you know what? You're not going to kill an elk in your car or at home. (laughs) So you better get your ass out of the car and you better get out there. So sure enough, I get out of my car and and I'm like kind of hiking. I was scared shitless the entire time but once i got to the spot i was going to well actually the very first rewind a little bit i had gone in the day before but it was like it was daylight i'd gone in for like an evening hunt and i i don't know why i wasn't quite as scared that time like it was when it was in the morning and it was dark and i was about to be spending a full like 12 hours out there is when i was like oof, (laughs) who knows what's gonna happen today but i had walked in the day before and this is a, a rookie mistake i'm just like hurry up and get there kind of mindset, right? So I'm going in, I'm going quick and I bump a big bull just not even 10 minutes from my car where I'm parked. I'm like, all right, and I spent the rest of the evening trying to get back on him and I never could. And I ended up not seeing a bull the next three days that I was there. But just that, that I think once again, getting out of my car, that overwhelming feeling of like, I'm doing this, right? I'm in the moment, I'm doing this. I'm here by myself. It, like I said, it's me the woods and these elk that are, cause I know I saw one yesterday. <laughs> I know they're here. And, and, and how cool would it be to then fill that tag, to be right. successful, to be like, I did this by my fucking self. Like to be able to say that I think would be super cool too. And so, you know, I, I I'm not going to say I'll never hunt with people ever again. I, I, I do enjoy having good company when I'm hunting but I, I did hunt with some people that I'm like, I might not ever hunt with you again. <laughs> yeah, that's an easy one to do. <laughs> <laughs> so I know, like I said, I think it's a time thing. Like I'm fortunate that right now I have a pretty flexible work schedule. So I was able to get out there and like not everyone was able to do that. And, and I think too, there's so much value in, in doing things on your own, male or female. Like I think whether you're single or whether you are in a long-term marriage committed relationship, like do things on your own so you don't lose that sense of self because I fully believe you have to fill your own cup before you can fill anyone else's. Anybody else's, that's right. That to me is what fills my cup. Being out there, and I love I love not having service. I was actually telling a buddy earlier, I was like, you know, oh, he was flying and he was like, oh, I just realized I can like text on the plane with the Wi-Fi and I'm like, I don't use the Wi-Fi on the plane. That is my two, three, four hours that no one has contact with me. I love that. Going out in the woods, going hiking, all of that stuff. Like that's my time that no one has contact with me. I think think it's important for people to do that. And some people think I'm fucking crazy, (laughs) right? Like I'll talk to people and they're like, oh, why do you go and like do all this on your own? Or why didn't you invite me or blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, it would have been nice to have company, but I needed that time by myself. 
needed to get out there. I needed to kind of escape. And so I'll for sure for from here on out, I'll have at least one solo hunt a year because I'll, I'll look at the top. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's Boone. Oh, how cute. I'll have, yeah. I mean, what an empowering experience that was. And then I remember just like walking around and after like that first day I had bumped a bull and I'm sitting there on a rock, like I'm, I'm fucking out here. I'm doing it. Like, and this was my first season hunt in Colorado. Like I've never hunted Colorado. And so I think that kind of what was, is what I was feeling too. Like I'm out here. This is my first time ever doing this. It was at the end of the month. So I had been out before with other people, but yeah, I think just, I fucking did it. Like, like my, one of my life motto is do the damn thing. If you think about something and it crosses your mind and it continues to cross your mind, do the damn thing. And if you don't do it, you're going to spend however long, possibly the rest of your life, thinking about right. what happened. Don't do it. Right. So does that come from past experiences of not following through and and suffering that regret? Because most of the time people have to suffer and feel that regret of not following through or doing it to really understand the power in do the damn thing. Yeah, I would say yes. And also, like I said, my dad passed when I was five. And, and I know I spent most of my life here. My mom talked about things that she wished she did with my dad. And she wished that we got to do as a family. And I don't ever want to get to a point in my life, whether I'm disabled or it's death or whatever. I don't want to reach a point in my life where I'm sitting there like, man, I wish I did that. I wish I did it. Yeah. I have the time right now in front of me. I'm here. I'm alive. I'm living right now. I'm going to do it now. Right. I'm not going to do it tomorrow. And, and there are some times where I do put it off for maybe a little bit. But like I said, the longer I think about it, I'm like, why would I put it off? Right. I got it. I should have done it a week ago. My own time. Yeah. Right. So I think, yes, I have kind of learned from experience of like, man, I, that regret of like, man, I wish I did it. But more deeper than that is I don't ever want to find myself in that position where I'm like, I missed out on so many things that I, that could have been or so many things that I could have done. Like what a terrible feeling that has to be. Yeah. And, and here you see it all the time and you hear it all the time, right? Where somebody's like, oh, that's a bucket list hunt. And it fucking drives me crazy. It's like, why? Why? Yeah. Why? Why? Why that verbiage? Like, I get it. And I think I think some of that is is kind of like societal programming where you got to have these things that you're striving for at the end of your fucking days. Some, some of which you'll never do because there's no opportune time to ever do it if you don't just do the damn thing. <laughs> Right. So it drives me crazy when I see that. And, and you know, you and, and I don't know, I kind of have acquiesced to the whole time rich, time poor thing. And in September, I'm time rich because I demand myself to be time rich. So that demand is placed on myself first and foremost, but then it's placed on everybody else around me when it comes to September. I'm going on the fucking mountain in September. That is my month, period. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And I'm doing it. There's no reason that 20 other people couldn't have the same experience and go do it if they just go and I don't want to use your tagline there, but go do the damn thing, right? Instead of always kind of talking yourself back away from it and, you know, oh, I can't do it this year because of X, Y, and Z, or I can't do it because of this, or I got to come off here. And, you know, it's just like, God dang it, man. Okay, go like my chase it. Yeah, you don't want about enough, right? Like, 
you there it is years and years without being successful and like oh it's because it's hard elk hunting is hard this was my first season hunting elk and i was on i'm not going to take credit away from anybody but i did all of the scouting for the opening weekend trip that i did when mike put a bull down i did that right yeah. <laughs> like that i was like i put in so much effort for that and i've never I've never even freaking hunted out here before, right? But I, Colorado has hunt planners. I utilize the Colorado hunt planners. They connect you with the wildlife biologist of the county that you're hunting in. And the wildlife biologist will answer any question that you have. They'll tell you drainages you can look at. They'll tell you different creeks that you should look at, different areas that they see what you're looking for. And like people don't, there's residents that don't even know that exists. You don't want it bad enough. Like, you're not successful because you're not putting in the effort. The work, yeah. You don't want it bad enough. And that, like, I'm, like, getting heated thinking about that. But I think at the end of the day, like, yeah, just if there's something you're thinking about, do it. And, and like, some people, oh, finances are an issue. Once again, you don't want it bad enough, right? Do it and figure that out later. I, I know, like, I used to be a really big, like, penny pincher and just like save all my money and then once i realized there's so many like you said the bucket list thing right and a buddy of mine was like oh i want to go hunt sick of black tail deer in alaska all right let's go tell me when tell me where we're figuring it out let's go that's a bucket list thing for me like you tell me dates i'll put it in my calendar that's right get there (laughs) i think and yeah the find a way thing right like you one you don't want it bad enough two you're not willing to find a way and, and how, and I, think when, I mean, really, if you look at, I mean, okay, so, so the biggest excuse is time and money, but if you look yeah. at, if you look at really wanting to do it, how long does it take to really save and plan for a hunt? You can be three years out. You can still hunt and do your regular hunt and, and just over three years, you know, whatever that $10 pot is that you're throwing in, you know, every other week or however you're saving your money, it's like, you're just throwing cop outs in. Like you really don't want the shit, you know, like my, my, my thing is I want to go do a, a barren plain archery caribou, but I have this mission mm. with a bull that I'm chasing and I can't go do that until I kill this fucking bull. Right. So it's like this trade off of, of, yeah. you know, the priorities there, but I'll never call it a bucket list hunt. Like, yeah, I want to go chase that boo, but, but what the fuck is a bucket list? Like do it. What what happens? Okay, my when does when does a bucket list? When does the bucket list start? Like when do you get to start checking shit off of the bucket list? Yeah, when you retire, like and maybe you're too old and you don't have the energy and you're broken. Like no, I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, that's always I get asked that a lot. Like, what's your bucket list hunt? And I'm like, there's lots of hunts that I want to do that I'm gonna do in right. the next two three years. Yeah. So, bucket list you call it it's just it's the next hunt that i'm doing yeah yeah it's that it's a i don't know it's a, i hope we don't offend people out there but get off your fucking pity pot and go <laughs> sure. you better start off your damn bucket list because i think the people and there's people who have long bucket lists right like That's I, what i'm saying yeah exactly that when when yeah when, when do you start doing this and, and i know i get it time it's hard to get time right it's hard is it? to get is it Yeah, it's not. (laughs) But like from their perspective, I'm trying to like play devil's advocate here, right? Like you say your job gives you 
five days off a year, right? If you want to go do something, find a different job that gives you more time so that you have things that you want to do. And, and I speak from experience because I was someone who, and, and a lot of coaches in, in the field do this, like you burn the gas every single day and you don't take time off and you show up at the ass crack of dawn and you leave as the sun is setting and you put in all these hours and, and like, that's just, that's just how we are. And you, like I said, you, no one takes days off. And, and I burned the gas from both ends, all my twenties doing that. And I got to a point where I was like, right. Like, how am I living? Yeah. This is how, yeah. How am I living? There's so many things like, I didn't necessarily have like a bucket list, but there's so many things that I wanted to do that I wasn't taking the time off of work to do. So what did I do? I got a different job. I now have so much time, <laughs> right? <laughs> and now, granted, like maybe it's not my favorite job in the world. I'm still able to do things in which I'm passionate about, passionate about. But I, I gave myself more time, and everyone's like, "Oh, I envy your dog is just." <laughs> everyone's like, "Oh, I envy that you have all this free time, and I envy that you get to travel." And I'm like, "Don't envy me. Go do right. it." Right, right. You, you, you prioritize what you want to prioritize. I mean, that's, yes. that's all it amounts to. I, mean, sure. and I think if you prioritize being at home with the family, hell yeah. Right. That's a, not dogging you on that. There's nothing wrong with that. But like, yeah, if there's something that you want to do that you're not doing, I don't, don't come to me about it. Yeah. It's uh, it's hard <laughs> yeah. to, it's hard to watch and hear that stuff, you know, as it flows down from wherever it is. Cause it, it, anybody can make the excuses. It's like, look, just sack up. I mean, my my whole story on on me moving to Colorado was so I could wake up and see elk out the back door, and you know what I mean. So it's like there was I there was some pretty big things that I had to deal with to get here, right? But you just got to do it. You got to live. You only got you only got one shot at the whole damn thing, and if you constantly are scared of it, you know, unfortunately, you're you're blowing your shot. But that was a hell of a tangent off of a solo. like you kind of just said like oh if you're constantly scared i'm scared all the damn time Uh, anytime i try something new i'm scared doesn't stop me though no risk no reward right i mean it's like i mean how how fucking let's see how cliche we can make the next 30 seconds (laughs) right you could i mean you could no risk, no reward, nothing ventured, nothing gained, scared money, don't make money. I mean, you could go on and on and on and on and on, and you can relate that shit to anything you want, be it your job, be it your pursuit of animals, business, whatever it is, right? It's like, just go and take the fucking risk, right? Take the, take the training wheels off, especially when it comes to something so powerful and it offers you so much life perspective. That's the that's the part with hunting that I hear people, you know, worried about taking those risks because it's like the the, the door that's going to open in your mind when you just throw yourself full into this. Yeah, it it just doesn't make any sense to call it bucket list or I don't, you know, make the excuses for it. A month on the mountain, the shit you learn from a September 2nd to October 1st on the mountain, the shit you learn about yourself, the conversations that you have with yourself, with whoever your creator is, with mother earth, with mother nature, those conversations are second to none. Like the enlightenment that comes from that is well worth making the changes in other respects of life to fulfill those bucket list or those dreams. 
period. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and even like I go, I'm big on just taking a daily walk by myself. Like go out there, not only for like the health benefits of like walking, getting sunlight, all that kind of stuff, but like you said, the conversations and, and it helps. I'm, Pikes Peak is my backyard, right? That's like you said, I moved back to Colorado so I could do the things that I wanted to do because I couldn't do them in Texas. I was 12 hours away from Texas. So I came here as fast as I could to do the things that I wanted to do. And mountains are in my backyard. So I can go on a walk with this beautiful view of like a snow-capped Pikes Peak. The, the thoughts that are going through my mind, the conversations that I have with myself, like I feel like I, I can be so level-headed because I do those things, mm-hmm. right? A lot of people, and this goes back to the solo stuff, a lot of people don't do things on their own or they're so dependent on having another person with them or maybe they're scared to go alone. And I've been scared to go alone, like I said, but I do it. I know it's necessary for me to be able to give back to the people that I want to give back to. Hell yeah. What? So what's the self-talk? When, you're, when, when Whitney is driving up the mountain and she gets there and the door opens and then it closes, what's the self-talk? that gets your boots on the ground and keeps you going with all that fear and the doubt and anxiety that's caused by that. That my dad would be so fucking proud of me. There you go. <laughs> like, that, that is a huge driving factor in my life. There's things like he's been gone 20 plus years and there's things to this day that I won't do because I, I don't think my dad would approve of it. And there's things that I will do because I know like the guy I was telling you about, the older gentleman who I went hunting with the first time, when he first told me, it was going to get sad, I might cry. <laughs> when he first told me he was sick, the first thing he said that it was like, I was, he didn't tell me what it was. And I was like, share with me, whatever. I'm just going to assume it was cancer because of how he was talking about it. His wife had died the year before. I mean, so I kind of, this is kind of a spiritual thing for me too, or just like a right person, right time. Like I feel like we met for a reason. His wife had died a year prior to the season I hunted him, hunted with him. And he kind of talked to me like, you know, how'd your mom get through her spouse passing? Like, how, how'd your family get through that? And we kind of connected in that way. And then once he told me he was sick, <clears throat> first thing he said was, man, I can't wait to hug my wife again. And I can't wait to tell your dad what you're doing. And I was like, oh, oh damn. man. I cried. I was on a road trip and I was like, I'd been on the road for like eight hours at this point and I'm boohooing. <laughs> I like how to pull over because I can't see anymore. I got tears just like running down my face. But I mean, yeah, to answer your question, like my, despite him not being here, he's had this odd control over my life. And I just know like anytime, anything that I do, whether it's hunting, getting out there, getting out, getting outdoors, doing something by myself, I know he's like, man she's doing the damn thing like she's doing it that's that's that means more to me than anything else so what is what is the preparation look like right if if you had 22 year old woman that's like oh that sounds awesome i'd love to try that right what does the preparation look like and how daunting should because on the on the surface right when people it, it looks like there's a pretty high barrier of injury for hunting and i disagree with that because mm-hmm. of how i started so yeah. talk about that a little bit especially you know for that younger woman demographic yeah i think it takes an addictive personality ah. <laughs> if nothing else it takes an addictive personality but for me like what it looks like for me and i would say this to anyone who's asking me is read 
you don't like to read, there's a million videos on YouTube that you can learn a lot from and find at least one person. Like if you don't know anyone in your immediate circle who hunts and it's something that you want to get into, I was on Facebook groups. Like before I ever went on my first hunt, I was in hunting Facebook groups, just reading what people would say and like reading different forums and all that kind of stuff and just picking up knowledge because my ego does not want me to go into a situation knowing nothing, right? So I wanted to at least show up having looked like I tried at the very least. So I think I would tell any like young person or any man or woman who's wanting to get into it, who feels like there's a big barrier of entry is to just start learning. Like you can go to the library and read books. You can, like I said, watch videos on YouTube and then yeah, join Facebook groups, read forums and reach out to people. Like I, I, I have no people no problem reaching out to people. That's never been an issue for me. And I know for some people that could be kind of scary, but like I said, I'm scared. I fear every day of my life, right? <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know what tomorrow looks like. Right. I don't know what later this evening looks like. I fear every day of my life, but I do it anyways. So if you're, yeah, reach out to somebody and just start a conversation, right? Maybe you're following a hunter on Instagram that you think, it, like, I always tell people, reach out to me. I'll talk to anybody. <laughs> like, I'll talk. So I'm like, reach out to someone and just strike a conversation. And then like, hopefully one thing leads to another. And then like, put your, if Western style hunting is what you want to do then and you don't live out west, maybe take a week off and go to Colorado and spend a week in the mountains and without even having a tag in right. your pocket, see what, that, and if you like what that feels like, and you're like, oh, I really like this. Like, I, I would like to chase an animal next time I come out here. And find someone who, who's maybe willing to take you with them. And I think you also, I've had this conversation with a friend too, is you have to understand that nothing's guaranteed, especially as you get started in this. And I think what frustrates me a lot is when I hear people who are just getting into it, who expect to harvest something, who expect to put an animal down. And then they're upset for seasons out of the way that they didn't put anything down. And that's, that's real. That's what hunting is, right? The how's the old phrase go? Like they don't call it they don't call it killing. Right. They call it hunting. <laughs> and like I said, it takes years. Like you or anyone else might be in a position. They've been doing this for years now. So now every season, yeah, maybe you can have that expectation because you've been doing it for so long and you you know the ins and outs. But as a starter, as a rookie, like you can't have that expectation. Your only expectation should be to get out there and to learn. And work and your ass off. Because I think that's yeah. that's part of of the the lack of understanding, right? Is people don't realize how hard what especially in September trying to call in animals, right? They don't realize how hard it is. And the discouragement hits like a fucking ton of bricks because they don't realize how much work it takes. Like you have to go and be willing to grind. Yeah. And it's funny that like discouragement you talk about, Mike is probably going to kill me for telling the story, but yeah. So it's opening weekend and we had kind of all agreed like Monday, that Labor Day, we all had work the next day. So we were like by two or three o'clock on Monday, if we haven't seen anything, whatever, like we're just going to head out. We were like out towards Montrose, Ure, So it's like a five hour mm -hmm. drive. And the day Sunday before that Monday, we had found fresh beds and we were we were 
in elk woods. I've never smelled anything more horrendous in my life. What? That's the <laughs> best smell in the world. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate it now, but my first time smelling it was oh. like, good. <laughs> but we're deep and then we found fresh beds. We're smelling them, whatever. We're camping like not too far from them. And our, our plan going into that Monday morning was we were going to sit up kind of above a creek that we thought that they were going to come get water from in the morning. And then we were, the plan was kind of catch them moving to their beds. We got to our spots about 6.15 and we had kind of all spread out at different spots along this creek. And by nine o'clock, we hadn't seen them. We were going to meet back up. And I thought still hunt. We, we meet back up and Mike is like, all right, I guess it's time to go. I'm like, buddy, we're in them. <laughs> we're not leaving we're in them <laughs> and he was like oh just like i don't know i'm like all right you go <laughs> like we're gonna sit around and so sure enough you want to mike shot that bull at 9 16 a.m <laughs> and he was like they, they were ready to leave. leave like yeah. it's our last day it's time to get out of here and he shot that bull at 9 16 a.m because we turned around from the spot that we went and we walked to their fresh beds that we had found the day before and we caught this bull walking to his bed. Damn. I'm like, you just can't like, the, and I get it, right? Like for me, I'm an eager beaver. It's my first time. I'm like, I'm spending every possible second out here that I can. Right. And he's got his I'm, ass kicked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he's like, and like, it's the last day. We haven't seen it. We hadn't seen anything. We smelled, we all, we, we didn't do any calling. It was super early. We just smelled them and we found their beds. We didn't see shit. The bull that he shot was the only elk we saw the entire time. But yeah, I'm like, you just, your mind gets to you. Your mind oh. plays those games. Your mind's going to tell you there's nothing here. Your mind's going to tell you to give up. Your mind's going to tell you that you got work tomorrow. You got to get to bed in time so you can get up early for work. But like, so what? Right? Like, so what? You have work tomorrow. Like, we, the, and this comes from like my background and like stress and physiology and all of that. The mind gives up first every single time, no matter what you're doing, right? Like, and I know like hunting is very physical, but when you're just kind of like sitting around waiting, like that's not a very physical thing, but I think it's harder mentally than it is physically 98% of the time. I mean, it's or hearing anything or the mind always taps out, but I know. And like I said, this ties more to like physical things. But like the body can do incredible things and the body will continue to go no matter. And I think this is why I'm able to kind of like push through the the part of it. I've pushed through so many things where mentally I gave up, but I kept going. And so I think when it comes to the the mind fuck that hunting can be, I'm able to kind of push past that. It, It still plays a factor. Don't get me wrong. But I'm able to, I feel like, more easily push past that. because I And this just goes to challenging yourself and doing hard things. Because you don't know what you can do until you do that. Until it's done. That's right. What's the longest you've spent on the mountain, like, consecutive days? We did... I took 10 days off in the middle of September. I actually only took five days off. But the way it worked out timing-wise, it was, like, nine total days. (laughs) I Called in sick for a Friday and then had that Friday through the weekend, the five days the following weekend, and then that Monday 
And that was the longest I was out all of September. I did like four days early September, 10 days in the middle of September, and then four or five days at the end of September by myself. And like, just fucking... And, and I love like, I'm a heathen of a human being. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I'm totally cool without showering. I'm totally cool without anything, any of that stuff. So like, I think that's what a lot of women don't like. And even men, there's men who are like, I hate not showering. Wow. Uh, where I, I hate showering when I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm in the mountains. Well, so like, yeah, this like, is I don't even get the mountain stink thing. Is like, yeah, it is what it is. I mean, after about about 14 days, if it's warm, if you're not wearing yeah. the right stuff, like it gets a little bit, it gets a little bit rank. So you got to strip down and like, you know, you'll have stuff hanging on trees for a day or so. But outside of that, it's, it's not bad at all. It, and I'll even say like, I overpacked the first time I was out clothing wise. Cause I just like, I thought I would just try to put on a new shirt and pair of pants every single day. No. I wore the same pants every single day. Yeah. And I was like, man, I had all this extra weight in my pack for no reason. Yeah. I'll do like an extra pair of, of base layers and I'll, I wear one fifties. So I'll just take an extra yeah. pair of one fifties and then an extra pair of socks. And then every few days, like a four to five day cycle where they'll catch, you know, they'll sit on the conifer for a couple of days and just catch the air. And, it, you know, wool based, like I can't do like nylon or synthetic blends, but wool based yeah. stuff. I mean, it's, I mean, you, you know, you go the whole month and yeah, you stink a little bit, but it's not like, you know, like you can't oh, live. Yeah. We, you can live with yourself. <laughs> I would do like at night when I was in my tent. <laughs> out for like a longer period of time i would just put my base layers on top of my tent right. at night so they could kind of yeah night. and then it's cold when i put them on in the mornings but whatever yeah no that's <laughs> the way to go what fuck, i had a i had a, a point to asking you how, how long you were out there that's what it was what was your experience in that mentally like was was the self-talk louder as in terms of okay i gotta keep going i gotta push through and I'm assuming that that part of it wasn't solo. No, it wasn't. Okay. Yeah, I was with other people. Okay, so that makes it a little uh, bit Yeah, it does make it a little bit easier. I think for me, like where I struggle is, and I maybe be something that I should get looked at. I don't know. But I have really low blood sugar and really low blood pressure. And so like I want to pack light, but I also, I have to snack all day to keep my blood sugar up. And so if I'm like deep and I'm out of snacks and I know I'm like far as hell away from camp, like I kind of start, that's when I start to panic. It's not how far away from camp I am. It's I know how far away from camp I am and I have zero snacks left. And I could totally, like, and there's even times where it gets bad of like, I'll pass out. Like if I don't have something to kind of spike my blood sugar. And so that's like, honestly, that's my biggest mental battle is like, I have to keep my nutrition up. And sometimes that means carrying more weight in my pack and more snacks and having more food because I, I know that's a battle of mine that I have to face. And so when I'm out for longer periods of time, that's just more miles on my feet each day, day in and day out. And, and sometimes I don't have enough. Like it's hard to eat as much food as calories that you're burning when you're out yeah. there for that long. So yeah, that's whether or not it's a mental battle. I think it turns into fear of like, oh my god, I might pass out on the mountain. <laughs> What about or, what about what, up in your foraging skills? What was that? Yeah, I, I mean that's that's something that I, I definitely need to learn more about. Uh, and like, I there was one person I was kind of out with, and a good friend of mine is is really into that kind of stuff. And it, I think it wasn't until this September because I've done like fourteen hours. I go hiking all the time, but that's like 
a half day to a full day thing yeah. and I have enough snacks. Fine. I think this September when I was out for multiple days in a row was the first time I kind of had that feeling out in the woods. Like I might not have enough food to to kind of make up for that. And that's when I realized, like, all right, that's something I need to educate myself on. That's something I need to be become familiar with and become comfortable with. And so I know, like, going into another hunt where I'm going to be out there for that many days, like, I'm doing myself a disservice if, if I don't try to educate myself mm-hmm. on it. Yeah, because I'll snack on mushrooms and Christmas berries. And I found, I'll have to share the picture with you. I found the gnarliest raspberry patch, like unflipping, believable how big this thing was. I mean, you're like, I'm talking no shit, 300 feet across, 250 feet down. And I walk, I come around the knob and then all of a sudden I'm, I'm looking around and I'm like, this is freaking heaven. I took my pack off, set my bow down, and I would just bury after bury after bury after bury after bury. Oh my God. And I think that was like day like 17 or 18. So you come across something like that, and it was just like freaking heaven in there. You know, oh my <laughs> yeah. goodness. I will say too, like I and the talking about bears made me think of this. Like when I my original plan was only to hunt bear out here in Colorado. And the, yeah, the talk of berries made me think about this because bears are big berry eaters. And I like kind of also on the topic of solo hunting, like I had moved out here. I missed the primary draw, kind of learned about the secondary draw. Some people from my bow shop back in Texas had hunted Colorado and, and they had told me some good bear spots. My intent was to go out solo bear hunting the entire time. Like I drew my bear tag. I did all the scouting for it. I figured out places that I needed to go. And on top of that, I, I kind of elk, I scouted for elk a little bit too. I didn't, I wasn't planning on getting an elk tag, but nonetheless, just in case, like the areas I was scouting for bear were big elk areas to come to find out. So I was like, you know what, if they're there, I might as well get an elk tag. And so, yeah, I, I like my whole plan and like my thought was, as long as I don't put down like a four or 500 pound bear, I can pack out a bear by myself. And I could have probably skinned a bear in my sleep the number of times I watched a how-to video on YouTube. <laughs> like I was so confident and so ready to put a bear down this season because I was like, man, I can skin it perfectly. I could corner it perfectly. Like I can do this in my sleep because I've watched it so many times. But my whole plan was to go out bear hunting solo and I happened to meet... Mike at the Colorado Tech and the unit I was hunting bear in, he was like, you know, that's an over-the-counter elk unit. And I had known that. And he was like, I didn't draw the tag that I wanted. Like, if you need someone to go with you, I was like, hell yeah, brother, come on. <laughs> like, either that or I'm going by myself. So like, you you can make that decision. And it ended up being a great time. Okay, but yeah, that was, it. yeah, that was my, that was my whole plan was just to solo hunt a bear and not like, I don't even know if I'm going to hunt out this September. I want a bear so fucking bad. <laughs> that's yeah, that's a hard one. That's a that I, is a different experience hunting. Oh, for sure. And, and I have heard the reason I want one so bad is cuz I was on a big ass probably 400 pound cinnamon bear later in the month. I was actually sitting a wallow waiting for elk and this it still blows my mind to this day and that's why bears were good at surviving i didn't hear a thing i did not like i'm mind blown that i did not hear this bear coming in 
And he comes in and like I had been sitting this follow for maybe like four or five hours at this point. So I'm chilling. Like I don't have an arrow knocked anymore. <laughs> it's getting close to last light. My bow is just sitting here. Like literally I'm laid back, like arms crossed. <laughs> like, <laughs> and this huge cinnamon bear comes in and I and I had ranged everything around me. He was, I think he was at 19 yards because the tree that was behind him was at 21. And I made so much commotion picking up my bow to knock an arrow that he spooked and i'm like you guys so i went to that same wallow the next day i sat that same which sitting like i don't mind moving around if i'm moving and i'm doing that still hunting like i don't mind that the sitting is where my mind starts yeah. to fuck me yeah i can't do um, it yeah oh it's tough but i was like i'm i'm gonna see that bear again tomorrow i'm gonna go sit that same wallow and i saw sat that same wallow for eight hours the next day and he ended up coming in about an hour earlier and he went like the wind was just swirling in the swallow. And about the time I put my eyes on him, you see his nose go up and he turns around and runs. Oh. So he must have went. And then the third day, I'm like, I'm sitting in it from sunup to sundown. <laughs> I'm not in this bear. And he never came back the third day. But I'm like, man, I want it so bad. He was 19 yards. Damn. And that like the bear of a lifetime, like one that you can hang your hat on. Oh man, it was beautiful. So I, that's, I think because I've been that close now. Gotta get it done. Yeah. Like I'm, I, oh, I want a bear more than anything. I mean, And it says a lot to be mission focused, right? Cause I mean, honestly, yeah. that's the only way it's going to get done. Right. Yeah, for sure. And I, I love learning all different styles of hunting, all hunting different animals, different game. Like it's different for each one. I went out, in Arizona earlier in the year and I was on a mule deer hunt and doing the spot and stock. And that's the first time I've ever done the spot and stock for muleys. And that's a hell of a time. That's so much fun. <laughs> and we were in a great place. We, I was seeing, we were in deer every single day. We were seeing bucks every single day. I just had never stocked before. I ended up actually, I got 40 yards from a little forky. And because I'm a short shit, <laughs> the grass that I was, that I was in was about as tall, like eye level for me. And this buck ended up being like a little bit behind me. And about the time I put eyes on him, he gets up and runs. Uh, and I was like, oh. So it goes. Uh, I think just having, a, especially if I'm doing it by myself, right? Like having a set mission and just honing in yeah. on it. And, and I'm like scary good at, like I always say, I love the monotonous tasks. Like you, it's something that you have to sit down and it takes hours on end to do, but it's the same thing over and over again. I'm doing this things like you you need something like that count me in and i'll do it for you but yeah i think because i'm able to just hone in and have that focus like i think if i'm solo hunting i've got to be that way and i think anyone yeah that I, way. I if think I'm, it's a requirement for that for that mission yeah if i'm going out with other people cool i'll learn other ways and, and i'll i'll broaden broaden that horizon a little bit but I, i'm getting on that base and I'm going probably going to be out there by myself. Yeah. I think the more the more you solo hunt, the more difficult it will be to hunt with people. Yeah, I and I can see that. And I think I'll be very I mean, I I was fortunate to hunt with I went out with a group opening weekend and then a group kind of in the middle. Good people, but I might not ever hunt with them again. Yeah. It's it's I do enjoy not, like the camp camaraderie part of it. But like sure. trekking through the woods and, and, you know, on that mission, you know, chasing that goal, like 
and no offense to anyone that I hunt with, but it it is it is so much more when I'm by myself. And then yeah. you have no one and to I, blame. Yeah, for exactly. Right? And for me, I'm I know, and maybe you can relate to this. I know what I put into it. I don't know what anyone right. else put into it, right? So if I'm there with you, like there's a dude who ended up turning around because he couldn't handle the elevation, and I'm like what the hell? What are you doing out here? Where you going, bitch? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I just like, I like the, the solo hunting. I know what I did to get to this point. I know how far I can go. I know how much I'm willing to push myself even beyond what I've prepared for. I don't know what you're willing to do. And and when I feel that way, I don't, I don't feel that I push myself as far. Right. Yeah. <laughs> The worst, the worst part of it is, is when you, when you know all of these things and you get out there and, and you've had a level expectation that the people that you are going with are preparing in the same way that you are. So they are the best that they can be on the hunt that you are sharing. But at that point, it's not just for them. It is for you as well. And people don't consider that. And that is what tends to make me go, fuck this. I'm solo hunting. <laughs> right. Because with, yeah. if I know I'm going with you, my preparation is going to be such that you can rely on me 110% and know that I'm not going to fall down. I'm not going to fall behind. If you fall down or fall behind, I will be there to pick you the fuck up. That is my level of preparation and commitment. But I don't feel like people see that or prepare the same way no not at all and i yeah i think i i'm not going and that kind of goes into what i said as far as like i'm gonna hold myself back a little bit because i just don't think people prepared as much or even sometimes i know i know they didn't prepare i know you haven't been putting in the work to be out here and like i'm not gonna call you out but like it's obvious right but, right? That, like, but that's the hard part of doing it of, of going with someone because it's like, I got to hold back now. Like do your fucking with my hunt. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. That's tough. So yeah, I think I'll just be very, very picky moving forward and it's gotta be someone. And, and like, I'm not, like I said, no one that I've like anyone that I've hunted with, I'm not shitting on any of them, but like moving forward, anyone that I hunt with, I, I want to feel like they prepared as much as yeah. I did. And that is not to be rude. That is not to say that I'm better than anybody else because I'm so new to this and I still want to learn and I still need to learn. So there's value for me going out with other people. But I want to learn from people who are as physically prepared mm -hmm. as I am. And that physical equals and, the mental too. Sure. And that's that's just a preference of mine, right? Like I said, that doesn't, I don't feel any better than anybody else because of any amount of work that that I put in. I'm not higher or above anybody else. I just know what I did. So I want who I'm with to be able to. Fucking A. No, I, I 110% concur with that. So the one thing we really didn't talk about is talk a little bit about Wild Strength and your podcast and, and what that is about and the guest you're yeah. having on, what you're trying to accomplish there. Yeah, no, it's been such a fun like venture for me. And that's another one of those things where I thought about it and I finally was like, do the damn thing. Like, just fucking do it. The more I thought about it, the more I was like, I'm wasting time. No, it's been so cool. I like the concept of it wild is through my passion for hunting 
in the outdoors. And then strength comes from my background and my education and experience and strength and conditioning and human performance. And, and I really realized the two, like how those two tie together. Like we've been talking about this whole time, how, how you physically prepare for these hunts. And even like, I've been a big hiker most of my life before I even got into hunting. And I knew what it takes to physically prepare for these long hikes or for these 14ers and stuff like that. And I think when I realized how closely my passion and my work tie together, like how rare is that for, for someone on a job or a role or, or something that they're doing that they're equally as passionate about as they are able to, to work in that. And whether or not it turns into something that's paid or whatever, like for right now, it's a passion project for me. I have not made a dime off of it. I don't, I don't look to honestly, like if I do, hell yeah, that's cool. But I'm not like making an effort to, at least not right now. Anyways, like I said, it's a a passion project for me. But yeah, I, I really realized how training for being in the outdoors and, and for me, like I used to compete in powerlifting and I, and I know I said I'm I'm training for a half marathon right now, like two total ends of the spectrum, which is why I hate running. I'm a strength person. <laughs> but it's a new challenge for me and I've never done anything like that. And like I said, I like challenges and I like pushing myself and seeing how far I can go. So that'll be good. But yeah, when I really realized like how you can prepare for these things. And then it's also like, if you listen to the end of it all the way through, I ask all of my guests, like what does wild strength mean to you and that has by far like yes i love doing the walk-up song but having that question at the end has been incredible because i'm I'm so big on mental health and your mental well-being and and a lot of that just comes from i like i said i've worked with military and and i I see the things that they go through and, and i know they struggle a lot with mental health issues in that population and so some people, when I say like, what does wild strength mean to you? They take it that direction. And, you know, they talk about the mental health side of things and just being strong mentally. Some people talk about it like being strong physically. Like, And I have such a like being in the outdoors and being in strength and conditioning. I know a lot of people in strength and conditioning. And then I've started to meet so many incredible people in the outdoors and in hunting. And so really kind of like, and I were chatting about this a little bit before we started recording, but like, I just have so many cool conversations with cool people that like, I'll leave that conversation thinking, man, I wish I could listen to that again. Mm -hmm. Like it's replaying in my head afterwards, but like, man, I wish I could go back and listen to that. And not only that, I wish somebody else could hear that conversation that we just had because I pride myself on being really good at asking questions. And so I think I just always prompt the right questions to get the and that's just the learner in me, right? right? I, I prompt questions to get the answers that I want, to get to know what I want, to learn what I want. And so yeah, I'm like, if nothing else, I'm learning like selfishly. If mm. no one else listens, cast, I'm learning some really cool things. And then hopefully other people listen and they learn too. And and you don't have to like the outdoors to listen to it. You don't have to like training and kicking your butt in the gym every day to listen to it. Like I think the kinds of people that I have on there also have so much more to offer than just those things. Yeah, that's bad. And the conversation, kind of like we did here, like I don't ever know where these conversations are going. <laughs> There's been a couple of people that are like, so what are we talking about? And I'm like, well, if I know. I know. It's so, <laughs> so much better to wing them. I'm going to hit record and we're going to talk. And if it's shitty, I won't post yeah. it. And if it's good, I'm going <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's going. <laughs> yeah, that's been the yeah. Passion project and I enjoy it and I love it and I've met 
so many cool people through that. And the support that I've had from friends and from people that I've met for that podcast too has been incredible. And, you know, I say I hate social media so much, but I've met some really cool people through social media. And I have more people who support me on social media that I've never met before than people in my real life. Yeah, we can we can talk all the all the mess we want to about, you know, the impacts of social, but all in all, like you know, algorithm or not, you filter what you want to see ultimately, right? So you expose yourself to the bullshit or not. <laughs> and, and it's, yeah. you know, it's the same for me, right? I mean, starting it because I love this. And, and again, like selfishly wanting to hear and learn and experience things through other people, right? I mean, it, it, there's so many commonalities, but to get these little tweaks of the same story and then to go and have that enlightenment on the mountain and go, Oh, there it is right there. This person said that that's what I was. And I could love it. It's, it's an absolutely yeah. amazing experience. Yeah. And yeah, the feedback, like I've gotten multiple messages from people who were like, this is so cool. And I love what you're doing. Or like this person that you had on was great. You should have more on like this. And, and that to me, like, I love educating. I love helping people. Like at the end of the day, I got into strength and conditioning because I like helping people. And I was also to help people get bigger, faster, stronger. But my strength as a coach is that like I can relate to people really easily. And I love talking to people, like I've said. And so when when people enjoy conversation with you, they're more likely to buy into the program or where you're coaching them or, or whatever. And I think like sometimes I'm like, can be too humble to a degree where I don't like to talk about myself too much. And, and this is, I think been a really interesting podcast for me because I'm really putting myself out there as far as like, man, I do this shit and I put in this work and all that stuff. But like, to me, it feels like a conversation between just me and you and, and I'm talking, I'm talking to you about this and, and other people are going to listen to it. And I'm realizing that, now. <laughs> <laughs> but that, but that is, but that is the connection that we need, right? That's, is where you will inspire someone who is scared to get out of the truck and take mm-hmm. those solo steps, right? Or, you know, that that young woman or young man that's like, man, I really want to get in the hunting, but I just don't know, you know, and, or the bucket lister, and they go, fuck, they called me out on it enough. I'm going on that freaking... I'm going to do the Yeah, I'm going to go <laughs> do the damn thing next year, right? I mean, that is why it's so powerful, you know? Yeah, it's, yeah. And that's what makes it fun, too. If we sat here and I had you know, a script, if you will. And we just read through the fucking script. Like, really? <laughs> really? Nah, I'm good yeah. on that shit. Yeah, it's kind of what I do with mine is I just want it to be as genuine as possible. Like I, I genuinely like having conversations mm-hmm. and, and at the end of the day, like it's weird because pe- more and more people are seeing a difference. Like you put what you put out there on social media. Right. And, and I try to be as private as I can while still showing some things about my life and obviously through these podcast episodes people are listening they're learning more and more about me and even the other day I got a message and what it something along the lines of like I literally exactly like I'm learning more and more about you through listening to your podcast episodes and like wow you just seem like an incredible human being and I'm like I love you I mean that's that's the connection right and you really do like through the conversations, especially if they're authentic and you're honest about who you are, like you, it sounds cliche, your people or you will find your people. 
vice versa, versa, vice, right? That's the best thing. Like, so, so those connections are like legitimate connections, right? If you're doing shit for the right reason and you're honest about it, holy hell, it's, it's so fucking awesome. I love it. And I'm horrible with like recording and shit. Like if I don't, if I don't see or feel inspiration in, in something like our passing, right? When we met, right? When you told me that little bit, I was like, oh shit. Okay. We're going to, at some point we're recording. And then me and Jeff are talking. <laughs> he's like, yeah, she has this. And I started listening to the podcast. Oh, I'm like, definitely like we're going to get yeah. on. Right. But if I don't see or feel inspiration, I'll sit and I won't record an episode for fucking months. Cause it's like, I'm just <laughs> not seeing it. And then social being the way it is. Like if you're not on it, you're not, you, the algorithm has no idea. So then you get on and it's even worse because you've been away from it. And then you're like, oh, there's really no inspiration. This is all shit. Who are these people? <laughs> so yeah. It, yeah, that's, I think putting yourself out there goes a lot. And kind of like I said, I, I was scared to start a podcast because I knew that I was putting myself out there. Like people are seeing and hearing parts of me that I've never shared before with people that I might not ever meet before. And that's fucking scary. But at the same time, I hope, like you said, somebody listens to it and they're inspired or or they learn something that they didn't already know or they're able to take something away from it. And and I, I love so much when I, when I get that feedback and, and it just makes me feel like I'm going to do it anyways because like I said, I want to do it, but it makes me want to do it that much more when getting those comments and getting that feedback because... Like I said, at the end of the day, I really like helping people. I'm a people person. I'm for the people at the end of the day. <laughs> I love doing that. So so when I, and even people are be like, oh, you should cover these kinds of things. I'm like, gotcha. Yeah. When, when it appeals to me to cover those things, I will. Yeah, for sure. Right? Right. Yeah. It's like, it has to, it has to spark in here for me to have the conversation that even means anything to anyone else. For sure. And, and it's been easy to start because I knew before I ever even started like the kinds of people that I wanted to start with. But I know as I get more into it, like you said, I don't want just random ass people on here just to put episodes right. out, right? Like I don't just in genuine conversations. I don't want interview style podcasts. Like I, I want people that I feel like are valuable mm -hmm. to have on. And those people are gonna start running out soon. <laughs> uh, no, you'll you'll maybe. you'll see a, a maturation in your conversations and and with that maturation your following will start to grow but then also your guest will start to grow because people will start bringing it to you be it mm, via social yeah. media or whatever you go oh what's this right or somebody will say hey check this person out so i think as you mature through that you'll you'll find yourself not running out for a while it, it's a pretty interesting process yeah, no, and I, I'm stoked for it. Like, it's it's one of those journeys, and I'm a big like, it's a marathon, not a sprint, and I enjoy the process right. of things. I'm a very oriented person, so like I said, it could be big one day and and great. That'd be cool, but it doesn't have to be. I enjoy it for what it is right now, so it's great. So, where can folks find it? Yeah, so the Wild String Podcast is currently on Apple Podcasts. It's on Spotify. I post the full videos on YouTube as well. I always say at the end of every episode, if there is a streaming platform that you prefer that it is not currently on, reach out to me, let me know, and I'll put it on there. Like I said, I'm a woman for the people. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
if you want to listen to it on something else, let me know. I'll find a way to get it on there. And then it is also on Instagram. So I'll kind of post just who who I'm highlighting in that episode. And then I try to post clips from the episode on the Instagram and that the Instagram is titled Wild Strength Podcast. And then just like a week ago, fucking hate TikTok, but I started a Did TikTok you do it? for it. Yeah. One of my friends said like, that's just the highest, like, highest earning one. And like I said, I'm not looking to make money from it, but a lot of people are on it right now, right. especially the crowd. And I'm not targeting any specific crowd, but I think because I am relatively newer to this, I might have more like younger people interested in it. And so she had said that it could be really beneficial. And I just literally what goes on my Instagram is what goes on the TikTok. There's no difference. So yeah, I just, if, if that's your jam, I'm on there as well. Same thing, Wild Strength Podcast. And then my personal page, Whitney Trammell, and then underscore at the end of it. Shoot me a message. I'll, I will literally talk to a wall. <laughs> like I'm not afraid to talk to anyone. I respond uh, to pretty much everyone, unless if you come at me sideways or if you come at me and you're really creepy. If uh, Yeah, I want to hear it when you go at her sideways because I know uh, you have some fire <laughs> yeah. behind that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it doesn't. But yeah, no, if you're really creepy about it, I'm not going to respond either. But if you, if a lot of people, I mean, and that's, I've not, I have some problems with that, but honestly, not much. Like, I get so many people who are just like, yo, like, you're fucking cool, or I really enjoyed this, or, and I'll strike up a conversation with anybody. So, well, uh, yeah, and have, you, you're not, you don't come off or, or carry yourself as kind of that, you know, Someone that would be susceptible to that bullshit. Folk can't really see my face as I do that, but she, Whitney, knows exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, and I said, I'm so glad to hear you say that because that's the last thing that I want to be. Like, I, I did grow up, and I was a really angry person with a lot of things that happened in my life, and I've worked hard to not be that way. So it's nice to like hear that reflected and to know that I don't come off in that way. <laughs> But I know she'd kick your ass if you'd come at her sideways. So, <laughs> anything you want to leave them with before we? Yeah, I think if if you don't take anything else away from this episode, remember to do the damn thing. If there's something that you're thinking about doing, and I tell this to people all the time, as my I got to get it like tattooed on my forehead or something, <laughs> so everyone can see it. Like if you think twice. About about something, you're going to continue to think about that until you do it. And don't let anything get in your way, whether that's time, whether that's money, whether that's you're afraid to go alone. Like, it's what does that put one foot in front of the other and just do it? Like, don't let anything hold you back. If you don't have money, there's more where that came from. You can add another job for six months, like, do something part time to get the money to do it. Like, you don't want it bad enough if you're not doing it. And that's that's facts. That's the end of that. Hell yeah. I, I I can't imagine that anyone wouldn't know what the title of this episode is going to be. I was like, I really hope that's how this plays out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I appreciate your time greatly. Thank you for jumping on with me. You guys go check out Wild Strength Podcast. Enjoyable conversations. Go support Whitney on her socials and we'll see you guys on the next